Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 128 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. And today, I wanted to go ahead and talk about some of the comments that Henrik Lundqvist made, basically just revealing something that we kind of already knew, and that's that he's looking to basically just play out his contract with the Rangers. And of course, Henrik Lundqvist under contract for one more season after this one. He will be back with the team next year, unless he says otherwise, or unless the Rangers uh, opt to go the buyout route. But the way things stand right now, Henrik Lundqvist will be back with the Rangers for one more season. Lundqvist in 2021 will make $5.5 million, once again, the final year of his contract. He will turn 39 in the middle of that season. And as far as what Lundqvist himself had to say about his plans, we have a quote here. This coming from foreverblueshirts.com. Lundqvist, talking about his future, said, It's uncertain on so many levels at the moment, so I'm just trying to live in the present. But when the season is finally over, no matter what happens, I'll sit down and discuss with the Rangers and hear what the club has plans for. Then we will see. And in a lot of ways, this is kind of more of the same. I mean, this whole time, I think a lot of us, certainly me, I know a lot of you guys as well, have have kind of had the inkling that Henrik Lundqvist was going to just simply play out his contract with the Rangers. I know when it got near the trade deadline, it was fun to kind of toss around some ideas. Could Lundqvist be on the move? Uh, Which team would he like to go to? Would he waive his no-move clause under any circumstances? What teams could be interested? I know the Colorado Avalanche came up at least a couple of times, but to me, the correct answer as to what was going to happen with Henrik Lundqvist was always kind of the boring answer, and that was that he would just stay with the Rangers. And listen, he has every right to do that. Me personally, I would love to see Henrik Lundqvist uh, go to a contender. And as far as what the Rangers would get for him, not that much because, again, 38-year-old goaltender passes prime. He's not going to really fetch you that much, but it would at least free up some salary cap space, and it would give you know a legend of the game, a shoe-in Hall of Famer, a chance to go and chase a Stanley Cup. Now, you could argue that maybe he still has a chance to win a cup on the Rangers. I, I got to be honest with you guys, I think it's a small chance, but... First of all, we need the season to restart this year. And then secondly, we need the NHL to go ahead and go forth with this 24-team tournament, an idea that's been kicked around a little bit. But then the Rangers need to emerge uh, from the pack of 23 other teams and win the Stanley Cup. And obviously, Lundqvist would probably be a backup for most of that. It seems like it's Shesterkin's team at this point. But yes, I suppose if you want to get technical, he still has a chance to win a Stanley Cup with the Rangers this year. It is a small chance. I think his best chances were obviously in seasons like 2014, 2013, 2015, right in that area where the Rangers had this championship window. But Henrik Lundqvist, listen, he has every single right to play out his contract, or at least try to. You know, the Rangers can obviously buy him out if they would like to, but he signed the contract. He had the no-move clause put in. This is something we've talked about before, but teams don't just give out no-move clauses as charity cases. They're doing it as part of the negotiation, and if Lundqvist had that no-move clause put into the contract, then it's entirely likely that he 
took less overall money. Now, he still did fine for himself, don't get me wrong. But again, you know, it's all part of the negotiation process. And when you get that no move clause, you got to give a little to get a little, basically. And I'm sure Henrik Lundqvist, by having that no move clause put into his deal, uh, probably left a little bit of money on the table as well. And now it's come to the point where. You know, he doesn't want to move, and I get it because, you know, obviously he has a family. He's used to New York, and there is something kind of nice, kind of poetic about him playing out his career with the Rangers. So I'm still kind of, you know, I'm leaning a little bit toward I'd like to see Lundqvist go try to win a Stanley Cup with, you know, a big-time bonafide Stanley Cup contender. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen this year. The trade deadline has come and gone, but maybe it's a possibility you can at least uh, look at in the offseason. Maybe he ends up on a team like the Avalanche, a team that seems to be knocking on the door of winning a championship. And, you know, if somehow, some way, uh, Henrik Lundqvist holds a Stanley Cup over his head before it's all said and done, that would just be fantastic. Obviously, we would like to see him do it with the Rangers, but I don't think there's any Ranger fan in the world that doesn't want to see that happen, even if it has to come on another team. The other possibility here that I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about is that the Rangers let Alex Georgiev walk in free agency. Now, the thing that the Rangers have on their side here and where they kind of, you know, hold the cards as far as Georgiev's future is concerned is that Georgiev is a restricted free agent. And what that means is the Rangers will be able to match any offer that he gets on the open market from any other team. And if the Rangers match that offer, then Georgiev stays with the Rangers. They will have the right to match any offer from any of the other 30 NHL teams. However, we have seen in the past that the Rangers, and understandably so, do not spend a lot of money on their backup goalie. Listen, the NHL salary cap is tight. There's only so much money to go around, and so you can't really splurge on a backup goalie. I mean, I understand, listen, backup goalies, they're more important today than they've been in the past because we don't have those true workhorse goalies that go out there and play, I don't know, 68, 70, 72 games. You don't see anything like that anymore. That might have been a bit much even back in the day. But you get the idea. Backup goalies are mixed into the starting lineup a lot more often than they used to be, and thus they have more value than they used to have. But if you look at the past, let's say, six, seven, eight years or so, Henrik Lundqvist has obviously been the man in New York, but there's kind of been a little bit of a revolving door behind him, right? They've had backup goalies come and go. They've traded a few very good backup goalies away. You've got guys like Cam Talbot and guys like Antti Ranta who have been basically shown the door because at a certain point, you're going to have to pay these guys, and the Rangers don't want to spend a lot of money on their backup goalie, and I don't think that's going to be any different with Alex Georgiev. Now, what would Alex Georgiev get as far as offers from other teams? It's hard to say for sure. He has played well this year, but his numbers, you know, they don't exactly jump right off the page. He is 17-14-2 with a 3.04 goals against average, a 9-10 save percentage, and two shutouts. I do think overall Georgiev has probably played better than those numbers would indicate. So it's hard to say exactly uh, what kind of a deal Georgiev would fetch on the open market. But let's say a team really believes in Alex Georgiev, and they really think, man, this guy could be a big part of our franchise. He could be the man. He could be the backbone of our team going forward. Let's We like him. Let's go out there and let's sign him to a deal and maybe even get him a little bit cheaper than we might be able to if he had had more games to really establish himself. And if a team does that and gives him the kind of money that you just don't pay for a backup goalie, then the Rangers are going to let Georgiev walk. I can't see them going against the grain and going against what they've done in the past and suddenly spending big money on a guy who's going to be the backup. Now, you could also argue that, hey, maybe Georgiev is not going to be the backup. Maybe he beats out 
Igor Shesterkin for the starting job, but I don't really see that. Look, I understand Igor Shesterkin has only played 12 NHL games, but every single thing that this guy has done at every single level of hockey that he's ever played indicates that he is going to be a darn good NHL goalie. I mean, he put up, like we said, video game numbers at the Wolfpack this season, and in 12 games with the Rangers, he's been fantastic. He so far is 10-2 and with a 252 goals against average, a 932 save percentage. And to look at it another way, He's played 12 games. He's had one bad game, and that was against the Devils. He gave up five goals and was pulled out of that game early. Even in that game, I thought, you know, a couple of bad bounces went against him. But regardless, let's call that a bad game. He's played great 11 out of 12 times that he's been on the ice. And again, just 24 years old. There's no guarantee that he's going to go on to be this superstar stud goalie, but show me any reason that suggests otherwise. Show me a reason why anybody might think that Igor Shesterkin is not going to be a good NHL goalie. And again, the jury's still out, but all signs are pointing to yes. Yes, this guy is going to be a franchise-type goalie. He is going to be uh, one of the you know top-tier goalies in the NHL. I mean, that's his ceiling. He could be one of the very best. I really do believe that. So with all that being said, Alex Georgiev, a candidate to not be brought back by the Rangers. Maybe somebody else offers him more money than the Rangers are willing to offer him, and Georgiev goes somewhere else. And you know what? If that's the case, good for you, Georgiev, because then he probably gets to start somewhere else, whereas here he'd probably be playing behind Igor Shesterkin. But with all that said, what that does, if Georgiev leaves, now the door is a little bit more open for Henrik Lundqvist to be back next season. And I understand, you know, obviously, hey, it's the same situation, right? Lundqvist is going to be the backup. It's going to be more money than the Rangers are used to paying for a backup goalie, but it's just for one more year. And we know that after next season, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, his contract comes off the books. Mark Stahl, his contract comes off the books. Brennan Smith, his contract comes off the books. And that's when the Rangers can really kind of splurge in free agency a little bit. But to have Henrik Lundqvist, you know, as kind of the veteran mentor to Igor Shesterkin for one more season next year, assuming that Georgiev, you know, leaves in free agency, which I think is a bigger possibility than a lot of people are considering, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, hopefully, you listen, you never know. Henrik Lundqvist is a guy who's used to being out there and playing every single night. It's probably to his detriment to not be in that role, but he's going to be 38 next season, turning 39 during the season. Uh, he can't be a workhorse anymore. Even if he was still, like, you know, a top 10 goalie in this league, you can't play him the amount of games at age 38 and age 39 that you were playing him at age 28 and age 29. That's just a fact, and I wouldn't mind having him back for one more season, especially if... Say this is it. Say this is the end of this season and we don't get back to playing hockey this year because of, obviously, the pandemic going on right now. Don't you guys want a chance to say goodbye to Henrik Lundqvist the proper way? Because right now, there there was no, like, kind of last game, last moment for Henrik Lundqvist. It'd be nice to kind of have, you know, a little bit of a farewell tour. And look, he's going to be Shesterkin's backup if he's back here next season. I don't think anybody would deny that, but he's going to play some games. And hopefully at some point, the Rangers can just kind of give him, okay, last game at Madison Square Garden or, or whatever. You know, just, just give him a chance to basically say goodbye to the Rangers in Madison Square Garden in the proper way. So obviously a lot still on the table. This could still go a lot of different ways. Lundqvist even mentioned the possibility of maybe going to play with his brother in Frolunda. But we'll see. I, I, I get the feeling he's not going to do that. I could be wrong. Maybe he wants to play with his brother one last time. They obviously were never teammates at the NHL level, but it's certainly a possibility. I suppose anything is on the table. But my money, Henrik Lundqvist is back with the Rangers uh, playing out his contract next season, likely as Shesterkin's backup. But we'll see what happens. There's about a million different ways this thing can go. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by 
Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Some other Ranger goaltender news, and that is that the team has agreed to terms on an entry-level deal with Tyler Wall, a goalie. Tyler Wall, 22 years old. He was a six-round draft pick by the Rangers in 2016, going number 174 overall, and recently just concluded his collegiate career with UMass Lowell. And as a senior, uh, great numbers for Wall, 18-8-6 uh, record, a 210 goals against average, a 931 save percentage, and two shutouts. He was a third-team selection on the Hockey East Conference All-Star team and also one of 10 semifinalists for the Mike Richter Award as the top collegiate goaltender. As for his career numbers, 103 college games over four seasons with UMass Lowell, posting a 58-34-10 and record, 228 goals against average, 918 save percentage, and nine shutouts. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and just say what everybody else has been saying on social media. Yes, that is an absolutely fantastic name for a goalie, Tyler Wall. And big shout out to Vince Mercagliano. Vince, of course, has been on Locked on Rangers a couple of times. He covers the team for USA Today as well as a couple of other platforms. But he on Twitter made the joke that the only way that the name could be any better is if his first name was Brick, and then you would have goaltender Brick Wall. And yes, I agree 100%, but Tyler Wall, that's not too bad either. Uh, that just sounds like a tough uh, hockey name and obviously perfect for a goaltender. So you got to like that. Uh, beyond the name, though, uh, he really did have a fantastic college career. And the one thing I will say, listen, it's hard to know, certainly for any player really, what exactly you have until you see them playing on the Rangers, or at least on the Wolfpack, you know, one step away from the NHL level. It's kind of hard to know exactly what you've got. But I will say that the Rangers, they do seem to have a knack for really knocking it out of the park when it comes to finding goaltenders late in drafts. And what I mean by that is, look at Igor Shesterkin. He was a fourth-round draft pick, and there were 13 goalies selected in front of him. 13 goalies before Igor Shesterkin. And you look at this list, and again, this is something I've talked about in the past. One day we're going to do a whole episode where we just call it like the Igor 13 or something, where we just talk about all 13 goalies that were drafted ahead of him, find out if any of them are, you know, having success in the NHL. I mean, at least one is. He's got Elvis Merz-Lincolns. He's had a very nice season for Columbus. And Thatcher Demko has been all right as well. But Igor Shesterkin seems to have the brightest future of any of them. And there's goalies that were drafted in front of him that you've never even heard of in your life. So that'll be a fun episode. We'll do that in the future. A little tangent there. But then you also look at Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh-round draft pick. Lundqvist went number 205 overall, and there were 21 goalies drafted in front of Henrik Lundqvist. This was the 2000 draft, and guess who the first overall pick was in the draft that year? 
Yeah, it was Rick DiPietro by Mike Milbury. So always fun to laugh at, you know, Islander misfortunes just a little bit. But yes, Henrik Lunk was the 22nd overall goalie taken. He didn't get drafted until the seventh round. And like we said, 21 goalies drafted ahead of them. And he's obviously put together a Hall of Fame career. So just another obviously outstanding example of the Rangers seeming to hit on goalies late. And I realize, you know, different people making the decisions back then, different GMs and what have you, different front office. But for whatever reason, they just seem to find a way to just knock it out of the park with their goalie selections. Case in point, Alex Georgiev, undrafted. He comes to the Rangers, and look, Georgiev, I'm not going to put him in the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but he's certainly played well for the Rangers. He's had his moments. He's had spurts of really strong play over the seasons that he's spent here. So you got to give the Rangers credit for finding Alex Georgiev, a little bit of a diamond in the rough there as well. Cam Talbot, another great example. Only two years with the Rangers, but a combined record of 33-15-5. He had a goals against average the first season of 164, a goals against average the second season of 221, and he's had, you know, a pretty solid NHL career for himself. 288 career NHL games, 138, 112, and 24 with a goals against average of 260. Not too shabby, a save percentage of 915. All this is a long way of saying that hopefully the Rangers have struck again here. They've found sort of another diamond in the rough with Tyler Wall. And again, you never know how things are going to play out until we see him on the ice playing professional hockey, at least for the Wolfpack, also for the Rangers as well. And obviously, Igor Shesterkin looking like he could be a franchise goalie going forward, but you never know how things could shake out. Maybe Tyler Wall uh, finds his way onto the NHL team. Maybe he's a reliable backup for a lot of years. Maybe at some point he becomes trade bait. The Rangers can bring somebody in in exchange for him. Shifting gears a little bit here, the Locked On theme for the week is biggest what-ifs in franchise history. And no matter what team you follow, no matter what sport it is, there's always a few of these that you always just kind of think about and you just think, man, if what would have happened if we just won that one game? Or what would have happened if we drafted this player and not that player? Or what would have happened if we traded such and such a player for this guy? Or what would have happened if we did not make that trade? Or what would have happened if we hired this guy to be our coach and not that guy? There's so many of these, and the Rangers are no exception. Uh, Some of them are a lot of fun. Some of them maybe not so much. But either way, we're going to take a look back at a few of the what-ifs here to close out today's episode. And then later in the week, we'll devote probably all of Wednesday's episode to this very topic, the biggest what-ifs in Ranger franchise history. And the one that i got to start with here, and it's one that I've mentioned at least a couple of times on this podcast, but that is, of course, the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals against the Los Angeles Kings. And the Rangers lost that series in five games. The Kings went up three games to none. The Rangers won game four at home in the Garden. And then game five goes into double overtime, nearly into triple overtime in Los Angeles. And of course, uh, Alec Martinez happened. And it was just a sad day for Ranger fans, obviously. However, my big what if is what if the Rangers had found a way to win that game in double overtime. And let's even make it more specific than that, because I believe it was Ryan McDonough who hit the post in overtime for the Rangers. I know both teams hit the post before Alec Martinez's game winner in the overtime period. So instances where both teams came within just an inch or two of winning the game. And if Ryan McDonough's shot had bounced off the post and gone into the net rather than hit the post and gone away, uh, the Rangers win game five. And so my biggest what if is what would have happened if the Rangers had won that game in Game 5, if Ryan McDonough's shot had gone into the net. Well, from a literal sense, we know what would have happened. The series would have been 3-2, and it would have been heading back to New York, to the Garden, for Game 6. Now, the bigger picture, of course, is would the Rangers have gone on to win the series? And look, I can't sit here and say, yes, the Rangers absolutely, if they would have won that game in overtime, they would have come back, they would have won the Stanley Cup, they would have erased a 3-0 deficit against an outstanding Kings team and just had just 
an incredible march to winning the Stanley Cup. I can't sit here and say that that is a certainty, but it is absolutely a possibility because at that point, you've now won two straight games. And keep in mind, this is the same season where the Rangers were down three games to one to the Penguins, and they came back and won that series. So comebacks were not a foreign concept to this squad, to this group of players. You know that every single player on the Rangers still believed that it could be done. And the Rangers certainly had a chance. They led in Game 5. Uh, the Kings eventually, you know, forced overtime. They scored a goal in the third period to send it into overtime. But... Yeah, let's just say the Rangers win that game. It's going back for Game 6. Can you guys imagine what Madison Square Garden would have sounded and felt like at Game 6 in the Stanley Cup Finals? First of all, no other context is needed. It's Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals. But imagine this scenario where the Rangers were down three games to none, and now it's 3-2, to two, and you're at home, and you've got all the momentum, and you are one game away from sending this thing back to Los Angeles for a winner-take-all Game 7. You gotta get the feeling the Kings are starting to maybe get a little bit nervous, starting to feel the pressure a little bit, and the Rangers at that point will be feeling it. I mean, they've they've got them right where they want them, right? I mean, they did the same thing to the Penguins a couple series ago where they were in a 3-1 hole. In this series, it was 3 to nothing, but by this point, it would be 3-2. to Rangers are rolling, and look, it's possible, again, you can't say anything for sure. Maybe the Kings go into Madison Square Garden for Game 6, and they win 6-1. to you never know, but it just kills me, and I can't be the only one who it just it's just a killer to not know what would have happened, what would have eventually gone down in Game 6 in Madison Square Garden. Maybe the Rangers roll. Maybe the Rangers win that game 6-1, to one, and they send it back to L.A. for Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. In Game 7, hey, all bets are off, man. Anything can happen in a Game 7. So that, to me, maybe for my entire Ranger fandom, is the biggest what-if that I've ever had regarding this team. It just kills me that we did not get that game six just to see and feel what it would have been like and just see if the Rangers to do the impossible, pull off ultimately a three to nothing series comeback win to win the Stanley Cup. It would have truly been incredible and it would have been nice just to see them get the chance because had they scored, had Ryan McDonough's shot gone in in game five in overtime against the Kings, we indeed would have gotten a game six at the Garden. And I'll do you one better. Let's stick with 2014. The Kings in that season played the Chicago Blackhawks in the Western Conference Finals, and that series went to seven games, and Game 7 went into overtime. Now, by that point, the Rangers had already finished off the Canadians. They were going to the Finals. So I can remember watching Game 7 of Blackhawks and Kings, and it's fun. You just get to be a fan again for a little while until your team is playing for the Stanley Cup Final, and then you are a lunatic watching these games and just screaming at the TV. But for Game 7 of this series, it was nice to just be a fan again. It goes into overtime, and you know, you, you don't know who's going to win. And I try not to get into that whole like, oh, I'd rather play the Blackhawks or I'd rather play the Kings because to me, it's just kind of bad karma and be careful what you wish for. You know, you might think that one team is an easier matchup and then they end up, you know, giving you all kinds of problems. But either way, the Rangers were going to be against a fantastic team. The Blackhawks and the Kings really kind of ruled the Western Conference back then. But I do have to wonder what if the Blackhawks had scored in overtime, and the Blackhawks went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Rangers played the Blackhawks instead of the Kings. Do the Rangers beat the Blackhawks? It's hard to say. Uh, you know, again, nothing. take nothing away from the Blackhawks. I do think the Kings were a little bit of a tougher opponent for the Rangers than the Blackhawks might have been, and the biggest reason for that is simply the goaltending matchup. Because Kings-Rangers means Jonathan Quick against Henrik Lundqvist. For my money, those were the two best goalies in hockey at that time. And so the thing about the Rangers back in that time period is that they always had Henrik Lundqvist. So to me, the Rangers always had an advantage in net, no matter who they were playing. And there's some great goalies in the league back then, 
But no matter who the Rangers were up against, I always felt the best goalie on that ice was going to be Henrik Lundqvist because, you know, you play a team like the Penguins, you might be going up against Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Murray, both great goalies, but not as good as Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, if you're up against the Flyers, whoever their goalie is, I mean, they've had a revolving door there, but whoever their goalie is doesn't stack up to Henrik Lundqvist. Even, you know, the Rangers played the Capitals a million times, even Braden Holpe, not as good as Henrik Lundqvist during that time period. I really don't think he was. But then you look at the Kings and they've got Jonathan Quick and it's like, Quick might be better than Lundqvist, and if he's not, he's at least as good as him. Again, I believe they were the two best goalies in hockey at that time. Now, say you play the Blackhawks instead, and again, I think Corey Crawford, a uh, very underrated goalie for the Blackhawks, very underrated piece of their marches to those Stanley Cup championships that they won there, really, really got the job done in the playoffs, but I will say this, Corey Crawford is not Jonathan Quick, and he is not Henrik Lundqvist. And I think the Rangers, had they played the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals instead of the Kings, they would have enjoyed the advantage that they enjoyed against so many other teams. And that is quite simply just having a better goaltender than the opposition. We know how important the goalie position is. That goes double for the postseason. And I just think that the Rangers would have had the upper hand there uh, against the Blackhawks. And that's not to say that Corey Crawford is not a good goalie. Again, I think he was very underrated during those Stanley Cup championship runs that the Blackhawks had in 2013 and 2015. But quite frankly, Henrik Lundqvist was better. And it would have been nice to at least see the Rangers go into the Stanley Cup Finals with the advantage that they were so used to having at that point, and that is, of course, between the pipes. Now, again, the Blackhawks, they're no slouches either. Stanley Cup champions in 2013, 2015. So this was 2014. They would have gone to the Finals, and who knows? Maybe they would have beaten the Rangers too. Maybe the Blackhawks would have had themselves uh, a three-peat there. But Again, you know, I would have liked to see the Rangers try. And listen, it would have been no walk in the park. You're going up against uh, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Sharp, Duncan Keith, Marion Hossa, Brandon Saad. I mean, this was a star-studded team right here. But again, if any goaltender in hockey could kind of withstand the charge that a team with that much offensive talent has, I think it's Henrik Lundqvist. And I, again, I would have taken my chances playing the Blackhawks uh, and, and trying to deal with that high-scoring offense rather than play the one team that can match you or even best you in the goaltending department because Jonathan Quick was an absolute stud back then. And as a Ranger fan, you just can't help but wonder, is history completely different? And maybe all those players on the Rangers, including Henrik Lundqvist, finally get to raise a Stanley Cup. Maybe they would have beaten the Blackhawks. They just, it was not a good matchup against the Kings. Maybe they would have had a little bit more luck against the Blackhawks. You can't say for sure. Maybe the Blackhawks would have beaten the Rangers. Again, it's impossible to know, but it's one of those big what ifs you just can't help but think about at least every once in a while. We'll do one more for today, and then like I said, I think the next episode will devote the entire time to some of these what-ifs in Ranger history. But for right now, I'm going to turn the focus back to the 1994 Stanley Cup championship team. What would have happened? What if the Rangers didn't make all those trades at or near the trade deadline as if they were playing a video game? Uh, they basically, you know, best record in the league, and they're sending a lot of key contributors away. And just to kind of run through the list real quick here, and we can dive into some of these in greater detail, maybe even in the next episode. But to get through these real quick, the Rangers trade James Patrick and Darren Turcott to the Whalers for Steve Larmer, Nick Kiprios, Barry Richter. They trade Tony Amante and the rights to Matt Oates to the Blackhawks for Stefan Matteau and Brian Noonan. And they trade Mike Gartner, a beloved Ranger, to the Maple Leafs, for Glenn Anderson. They also trade Todd Marchant to the Oilers for Craig McTavish. So a team that's in first place in the entire NHL really uh, kind of upsets the apple cart, but it all worked out. I mean, hey, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, did they not? But I do have to wonder, what if the Rangers didn't make all these moves? Or what if they only made one or two of these moves? Do they still win the Stanley Cup this season? Do they win the Stanley Cup without guys like Glenn Anderson and Craig McTavish and Stefan Matteau? And they win the Cup with guys like Mike Gartner and Tony Amante, it's impossible to know, 
But somewhere in an alternate universe, the answer to that question can be had. We find out if the Rangers uh, win the Stanley Cup with Mike Gardner. Obviously, Mike Gardner been with the, the Rangers for a long time, and the knock on him was kind of that he didn't get it done in the playoffs. Although if you look at Gartner's career playoff numbers for the Rangers, they're really not too shabby. He skated in 29 career playoff games with the Rangers. He had 26 points, uh, 14 goals, and 12 assists to be exact. That doesn't sound too bad for me. That's almost a point per game. And I suppose that maybe more so than just the stats, just the fact that the Rangers never really got that far with Mike Gartner. They never got out of the second round with Mike Gartner. And in fact, he only got past the second round once in his NHL career. That happened after he moved on to the Maple Leafs. It was actually the same year that the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. The Maple Leafs lost to the Canucks. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's impossible to know, you know, if Mike Gartner is still on the Rangers and they don't make this move and Glenn Anderson doesn't come over, do the Rangers win the Stanley Cup? It's certainly possible, but Keenan wanted his guys. He wanted kind of a bigger, more physical team, and he got his guys like, you know, Brian Noonan, Stefan Matteau, Glenn Anderson, Craig McTavish, guys who kind of mixed it up, threw their weight around a little bit, guys that Keenan had, had uh, coached in the past. He could throw Steve Larmer in there as well. So, again, no way to know for sure if the Rangers would have won the Stanley Cup, but it's fun to think about. You know, it's fun to think about how much different history could have been. We wouldn't have gotten Matteau, Matteau, Matteau. It would have to have been somebody else. I don't know, maybe Gartner, Gartner, Gartner. Maybe Gartner would have scored the game winner. Again, impossible to know, but always fun to think about what would have happened, you know, had the Rangers not made all those trades. And again, there's so much to unpack here with this 94 team and all the wheeling and dealing that they did at or near the deadline. Uh, we could talk about it a little bit more in the next episode as well. We'll get into some other hypotheticals, some of the other big what-ifs in Ranger franchise history in the next episode. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.